Welcome, beautiful you, to Girl on Her Moon, the podcast. My name is Jordan and I invite you to join us as we connect, share our experience and become one for a moment. From topics like self-worth, creativity, expression, intuition and soul, to astrology, numerology, tarot, energetics and more. And then the topics that are undefinable and ungraspable. Exploring what it means to be alive, to be rooted in both our divinity and humanness, and returning to the space where they are one. Thank you for being on this journey with us. Hello, wonderful human. Welcome to Girl and Her Moon, the podcast. It is Jordan here with a quick intro to this episode with a really beautiful human who I have been supported by for a few years now and whose work I really, really respect. So it was such a gift to invite her onto the podcast and and welcome her essence, her offerings, her magic to you, to our community. So Melanie is a traditional Chinese medicine practitioner who works with acupuncture, holistic and herbal medicine, and intuitive healing on the physical, mental, emotional and spiritual. And you'll hear throughout this episode that we refer to esoteric acupuncture and a heart activation sequence. This is an activation Melanie has created for our Flow with the Moon membership. It is for the Scorpio full moon lunar eclipse uh, meeting us in early May. And as you will hear, engaging in this work is truly profound like beyond the mental level profound in its impact. And so if you do find yourself pulled to this activation in particular, I will leave links to explore our membership options below in the show notes. Um, And either way, I hope that you receive what is yours to receive throughout this episode. As always, it was such a joy to record and I'm humbled every day Um, and just amazed that this is what I get to do for my life. So thank you so much for being here, and I really hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello, Melanie. Welcome to the podcast. I'm I'm so grateful to have you here. How are you feeling? I'm very excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, Yes, it's been a fantastic invitation, a confronting Mm. invitation, (laughs) Um, I'm normally quite introverted so um, it's great to sit down and share and chat um, because we've not done this before. No not in this way I mean I feel so comfortable like just talking like it feels natural to be in a conversation with you but this is a in a totally different environment and different like atmosphere. I'm in your domain now. (laughs) Welcome. (laughs) Um, You said it's a bit confronting. I had about, gosh, I had so many podcast interview requests mm-hmm. that I turned down really? before I was able to say yes. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were just, it was too much for me to say yes to. I mean, we're going back to like 2019, mm-hmm. 2020. Yes. But yeah, lots of requests were coming through and I wasn't able to say yes until I went on someone's podcast for the first time last year. Okay. Mm-hmm. If that what makes me feel you? any better. I don't know if it was like an immediate click of any kind. It was just 
time that I needed, mm-hmm. like time that I needed to become more of myself, more of a human, to have more practice in different areas, to be more in my body, I think is a, has a major, been a major, major piece yes. of this for me. Um, and actually when the request came through, the one that I was able to say yes to, I was already playing with the idea of starting my own podcast okay. as well. So I think I'd already kind of entered into the land and was feeling around a little bit. So that probably had a lot to do with it. Fabulous. It was the right time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. So um, before we dive into all of the incredible things that we're going to talk about today, just for some context, do you want to invite us into your world a little bit and share with Um, our listeners a little bit about what you do. So I'm a Chinese medicine practitioner here in Melbourne, Australia. Uh, I work with uh, the emotional roots of physical dis-ease or disharmony. Um, So it's kind of like a physical form of psychology, if that makes sense. Um, Mm -hmm. I find it hard to define sometimes. Essentially it is classical Chinese medicine. but that really looks at how the emotions, um, our emotional disharmonies dysregulate us physically as well and spiritually. So it's mm-hmm. looking at each person as an individual and each person as a piece of the puzzle to, or in a bigger puzzle, the picture of um, the external world and community. Mm. You know, I, I was thinking last time, um, last time I was in a mm-hmm. session with you, how do you like balance this sweet spot of engaging in such an ancient and wisdom and knowledge rich and traditional um, therapy that is Chinese medicine but, and still make it your own in such a unique way? Because I feel like you definitely do do that because I have been to different um Chinese medicine practitioners and it's very unique for each person Mm -hmm. yes um I guess I studied TCM to start off with because I had acupuncture from a very traditional um like clinic practitioner if you like um Mm. and it was like a light bulb went off and I was like yes I need to know this like more people need to be experiencing this like how can you have such a big transformation in one session. And from there, the journey just kind of evolved. It really has been a collection of tools and different Mm -hmm. undertakings and things that just resonate with me. I think when I first graduated, I felt like I had to be uh, a certain type of practitioner and um, that's definitely changed over time. So now when I do study, I don't think that I have to replicate exactly what I'm learning, but I take the parts that resonate with me and um, and have evolved my style and practice that way. But what I'm finding mm-hmm. now is I am doing more study into a specific lineage of Chinese medicine and all the parts that I've kind of gathered have been like formulated from this one type. So I feel like (laughs) I've kind of gone about it a really messy way and now I'm learning the correct way, if you like. Mm -hmm. Not that I like using correct as, you know, Mm. there's no correct way. 
No, it is always like that, isn't it? It's just the steps that you collect along the journey that yeah. somehow seem to like it's like it is like that puzzle piece that you're mentioning, but each time you take a step or learn a new thing, you're adding to that puzzle yes. for it to become whole. Yeah. yeah. And I think this kind of leads into something else that I was thinking about asking you. And because even through the I've been seeing you for what, two, maybe three years yeah. now? I'm even through that time frame, I feel like your work has evolved and mm. changed so much. And and I'm hoping this question makes sense, but I was curious as to, like, for anyone in any field of work, how do you allow your work to evolve through you? Ooh. Like, how do you show up for that? Who do you need to become? What needs to – Well, does that make sense? I think doing any type of work in the emotional health field, um, it's mm-hmm. a constant process and evolution of working on yourself. Um, It's amazing how often people will come in who are telling you word for word exactly the same experience that you've either just gone through or are currently going Mm -hmm. through. And I've spoken to many practitioners and I have a friend who's studying Chinese medicine at the moment and she has brought that up recently and she was just like, wow, I keep getting these people that are going through the same experience. And so it's life, like we evolve and um, as individuals and the medicine evolves. And I think with something like Chinese medicine, um, it's about gaining wisdom, like understanding of who you are as a practitioner, but wisdom within the medicine and learning it and understanding it, working with it and seeing how, um, how energy shifts and how when your respect of it grows and when your um, like understanding of it grows, the the medicine, I don't know, becomes more alive underneath your hands and, um, yeah, I don't know, it's quite magical. And sometimes I don't have all the words to explain it. But I think especially in the time I have been seeing you, like we've had some Mm. like enormous shifts happen like in the world and especially here in Melbourne, like we were locked down for so long. Um, And then last year was intense for so many people. (laughs) So, yeah, I've changed and my medicine definitely has as well. Yeah. And we were talking before we we started recording about how helpful it can be to be, for you to be able to see the, transitions and the themes that people are going through on more of a macro level because you are seeing so many people come in with the same themes around the same time yes and that's a really interesting thing I know we discussed this prior but um, one thing I didn't mention was that um, even when I started studying Chinese medicine I don't think or maybe I didn't notice but it wasn't discussed Mm -hmm. that there were such strong themes it definitely does feel like in the last few years um, there are things as a society or as people, as individuals, that we are supposed to be paying attention to. And so Mm. those themes keep coming up. And, um, Mm. yeah, it's something that I've discussed with many other practitioners and there are definite themes running through. And as I said to you earlier, 
people come in as individuals and they think that they're the only ones going through it. And because I get to see people every day going through the same things, I get really excited and probably overexcited. I think my clients think I've lost my mind sometimes. But um, I want to know, I want everyone to know that like we're all going through the same stuff. Um, Mm. And that is one of the themes, like community coming together, understanding that we are experiencing things through our own lens, but the underlying themes are the same. And these, I think I said this last time I was with you this month sometime mm-hmm. um, when it was mentioned with Sarah on our last podcast about like that healing, the sense of healing or the sense of time even speeding mm-hmm. up like or heal. Yeah, I said healing. Yeah, just things like speeding up more, more, more themes coming to the surface. Mm-hmm. Um and I, and I mean, you just kind of mirrored that when you said you've noticed it more in the last few years. Yes. And I'm just always so curious as to why that is, because I know that, you know, it's written in so many like ancient texts and um, so many intuitives channel that it's such a, a high energy mm-hmm. time or, and there's so much excitement happening yes. at this current time. And I'm always just I just want to know more about that. Yeah. And I, I, like I want to understand why that is. And you've already said this, it's reflected in the astrology yes. as well. But then I'm like, but why? Like, why is it now? Why are these astrological movements happening now? Why, why are these themes coming up I'm now? not sure I'm qualified it, to answer that question. You need to connect to a high power. Like, yeah, I know. You, you can't answer it from human self I don't know but I love that this is happening now I love even though it's been a very turbulent time and there's so much uh like horrible nasty stuff happening in the world there is like amazing advancements in um Mm -hmm. so many areas and that's really exciting Mm. it is it is really exciting Mm. um so you want to talk about the yin and yang of self-love. Yes. So I'm really excited about this. Should we just start off with like what this means mm-hmm. to you and why you wanted to go in this direction? Yeah, I think uh, like as I said, last year was a really difficult year for a lot of people and like myself included. And um, it was a really dark time for a lot of people. And um, I think a lot of what we see in the spiritual realm and the health and wellness realm is all about love and light and positivity and that's really great like but it's not always the case and um I saw a lot of people sit in a lot of discomfort last year and think that there was something wrong or there was um like no hope and so I saw these like beautiful transformations of people who were sat in this really dark places that are difficult to navigate, like very difficult to navigate. Mm -hmm. And when they found that little seed of hope, they were able to take the lessons from sitting in that space 
and grow into these really healthy, beautiful, well-rounded people who found this like inner strength that um, is unshakable and now they're ready for like new challenges and new uh, insight that they weren't before, that they didn't know existed or was possible because they had these really dark times. And I thought it was really important to share with people that we do have these dark parts of ourselves. We do have times where life is really tough and we go through challenges um, that seem impossible. And, again, it can be really isolating, like you're the only one experiencing it or you're the only one going through it. And it's not true. Within the dark, there is always the light and it might only be the tiniest little bit. It's hard to see some days, but it is there. Mm. And the more we focus on that aspect of ourselves, the more it grows until we get to a point where we can flow between the two states. We can be like positive and love and light, but we can also be wild and dark and mysterious and there's beauty in that as well so it's about people Mm. coming to a place where they're comfortable with all the aspects of them yeah yeah I love that and I've I've been thinking about recently about how it almost feels like when you are more accepting of that darkness it's like the polarities of the two seem to kind of blend together a little bit and you can be sitting in that darkness and and feel the immense love that's still present yes. there. Like while you're also experiencing such discomfort, you can see the the goodness mm. that's present there at the exact same time. And, and, and you know, like humans, are, we're so complex. Yeah. We can feel both that darkness and that light at the exact same yes. time. Somehow we can feel such deep fear and excitement at the same time and they don't need to cancel each other out they it's really beautiful when they when they start kind of melting Mm. together yes and this is what yin yin and yang this is like one of the foundational Mm. principles of yin and yang is that they are not separate there are so many like colors or you know black and white makes gray and all the like beautiful in between like um parts that life has so yes it's that Mm. kind of melting into one another or supporting the other like you know Mm. all those parts are parts that need to be appreciated and um, benefit us in some way so what are just to break it down what is the foundational thought or teaching of yin and yang in chinese medicine well, the, the um, yin and yang are interdependent. They rely on each other. They mm-hmm. actually need each other for, like, survival. They also mm-hmm. have each other contained within them. Like if you, uh, yes, the symbol actually yeah, has the speck or seed of um, dark and light in the opposite colour. Um, mm. They are they are the same. And without that, without that, um, support without that interdependence um we actually have a separation and the end of life and how does this um 
you know, aside from what we've just spoken about a little bit with like emotions and feeling the darkness mm-hmm. and feeling the light, how else does this concept show up in our reality? On a daily basis? Yeah, just like the in within the human experience or 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 where else is it used in traditional Chinese medicine? Well, I mean, we're constantly flowing in China. Chinese medicine is about flow. Like we're encouraging mm. um, flow in all states. So um, whether that's internally in the body, we want to encourage the flow of, of qi and blood. But in terms of things kind of moving into each other, we look at the seasons. I mean, um, you know, autumn becomes winter. They flow into each other. You know, the weather mm. starts changing. It's not... You don't jump from the peak of summer right into the coldest months. You have those kind of transitional months that help us um, slowly emerge or um, descend into stillness, depending on what time we are at in the year. See, this isn't really in the direction that I thought we were going to go in, but I've been pondering a lot on um, feeling as if, I'm in like a constant transition. Um, yeah, curious to know if there's a way to. Well, I, I just let me take mm-hmm. a few steps back. I think with the age that I'm yeah. at, right, I've been so many different versions of yes. myself and been in that constant state of transition, but it doesn't feel like there's been much of a constant me within all yeah. of that. Um. But I can feel it beginning to emerge now, like a, a mm-hmm. me, like an yeah. I, like this is who I am kind mm-hmm. of thing. And so I'm just curious of any insights you might have around a constantly, a constant thread within all of that transition. Well, you are the constant thread within all of that transition. I mean, the change that's happening mm-hmm. in you doesn't uh, erase the past versions of you. You are still essentially the same person although you're more evolved or enlightened or things around you may change your physical appearance changes but you are still the same person from the beginning even though it doesn't feel like that all those experiences are still with you in the now in the present in the person that is emerging Mm. I think sometimes it just it feels like there's so much change that it's almost hard to get a read or a grasp of who you are within all of that change. I do think that is a bigger thing. I think that has to do with all the change and expansion that's happening at the moment, like with everyone. You mm-hmm. can have like a lifetime in a day, it feels like sometimes, and mm-hmm. um that is happening with a lot of people, but I don't think everyone is as conscious of it as you. So some people might be experiencing it as feeling like they're losing their mind or feeling like really disconnected from their body or disconnected from friends, mm. um, you know, really disillusioned with the kind of work that they're doing. Um, I think that everyone is experiencing or, or most people will, will be experiencing this transition at the moment. They're supposed to be. Um, whether they're aware of it or not is a different thing. I think um, I think there's an element of surrender in the process of change as well. 
if you're constantly looking for the whys and the answers, like I think that life is telling you that <laughs> you have to just surrender a little bit and and see what journey is going to unfold. And I know that's yeah. hard for a lot of people as well. Well, actually, so if we talk about being with the unknown, so that surrender piece, and then we also talk about being in the the darkness, mm-hmm. I feel like they kind of come yes. together. How do we how do we bring safety into those spaces where we we can sit in them? Mm, that's a great question, and that's going to be different for everyone. Um, I think connection is very important. So making sure there's a support network, whether that is working with practitioners, whether that's working with, um, you know, medical professionals, um, connecting with friends, family, uh, to your physical body, like meditation, physical practices. It's, uh, it requires a plan, like, and ritual. There needs to be ritual and planning so that there is some stability because um, for people who are not aware or not in tune, it is a difficult place to navigate. Like it's been very destabilising and I've seen a lot of people who have not survived the the darkness. It can be all-consuming. And I know that sounds quite harsh. Or quite scary no, for some, um, but yeah. it is. It, it can be a difficult place. I think part of the theme, one of the themes that's coming through recently, is this um, connection to community and asking for help. Mm. People getting comfortable asking for help. That was one thing last year I saw a lot of when people were really going through it. When they made the transition, when the things started to flip. It's when they were like, I had to ask for help. I had to get comfortable um, telling people I wasn't okay. I had to get comfortable, you know, asking for time off work, whatever it might be. I think part of the conditioning of like love and light and everything's perfect is or can be that people are putting on a front. They're wearing a mask, pretending like everything's okay. Um, You know, lots of women being in their yang energy, like everything's fine, we don't need help, we can do it on our own and now we're coming into a time of softening. I mean, this is a yin year. It's a time of um, really celebrating your yin energy and using that to your advantage and part of that is realising that we can't do it alone. Like we can be independent and we can be um, in our bodies and doing our own thing our way but we need other people. That's always been a bit difficult. For me, yeah, that piece there. Mm-hmm. But even um, you know, you mentioned an option with community as different practitioners in different ways, and you've definitely been that for me. Just like having a space that's designated to, I don't need to work anything out when I'm here. Mm-hmm. Like I don't need to really do or be anything. I can just show mm-hmm. up. And I can kind of crumble in front of you a little bit, which I feel like I've done many times, and just be held. And that, like, it's it's so nourishing. And I often think about with work like this, especially because I know that you're working on so many different levels, um, 
like both physical, mental, emotional, energetic mm-hmm. as well. I, I'm always so aware that the work that we're doing together, whether it's the acupuncture, craniopsychotherapy, mm-hmm. cupping, whatever we're doing on that day, is happening on so many levels that are beyond my grasping. Yes. And it would be, it would just be so interesting to understand that at a deeper level. I, does that yes, make sense? Yes, I, I completely understand what you're saying. And like, I don't know if I have a definitive answer. Um, probably mm. not a clear cut answer that you you might like, but yeah. I evaluate the body, like or the person. Um, through our consultation, through chatting, and obviously through, like, diagnostic techniques of, like, checking the pulse and tongue. And Mm. I'm really asking the body to reveal what it needs, asking your energy to reveal what it needs. And and I think this is where I get, um, like, sometimes a bit tongue-tied with how to describe what I do because... um, Working with energy for so long, I think energy can sound a bit woo-woo and it can put a lot of people off Mm. or um, it can sound like there's no kind of proof or evidence to support the the work that I'm doing and there would be a lot of people that are quite sceptical. But just working with energy, I think I've become so in tune. I liken it to it's like braille for me like my hands are reading the energy and if the body wants to take me somewhere if it wants to tell me um what area needs attention then that's where I will go I'm I'm reading the energy of your body like a story that's so interesting because such a such a like for me an exciting part of our time together is the talks after everything's happened where you are literally being this messenger for mm. my body. That's what it's always felt like. It's felt like you are this mirror for me to see what my body needs me mm. to know in that moment. Um, I like that description. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that's exactly what I'm doing. Like I, It's interesting. Like I hear people talk about downloads and getting spiritual downloads, and I was always like, why am I not getting these spiritual downloads? <laughs> and then um, I was talking with another practitioner friend of mine recently, and she said, she was like, oh, like when you get downloads about like what's happening in somebody's body. And I, it was like a light bulb moment because I didn't have the words. Like when I am treating somebody, when I'm working with somebody, the information that's coming through, it actually has very little to do with um, my education or my knowledge. Mm. It's more information that's coming to me and then my knowledge and my education allow me to interpret that information and then replay it back to whoever I'm working with. Mm. Yeah, gives it the framework for it to be held and understood. Because sometimes the things that come through are quite bizarre and they'll come through in very unusual, I would even go so far as to say unprofessional ways, and then I have to try and um, reinterpret them and Mm. pass on the information. Well, I've always been curious, do you find your intuition 
I mean, because I I think it could be under the umbrella of mm-hmm. intuition, what you're describing yeah. right now. Do you find that in like all aspects of your life or is it when you, you step into your room, you you have that agreement with the person that's coming in, you have, you know, you're in practitioner mode? I think I think I've always been sensitive and I always knew that yeah. there was more than just me. Um when I was younger, um, and then I kind of switched off from it. I don't think when I set out to study TCM, traditional Chinese medicine, that that would ever come into the work. Um, at school, you learn a very like basic, very standard form of the medicine, mm-hmm. which takes away all the kind of energetic work, all the um, intuition and then through practice that has kind of come out I think when I'm out in the world every day I'm switched off from not my intuition but yeah. from looking at people and seeing things because um you would go insane yeah yeah do you have the same insight for your own body uh yes and no Yes and no. It's like a mechanic that doesn't always um, have their car serviced regularly. I do my things. I do my things. I have my routines. I see mm. I have a network of practitioners that I see. Um, mm. But, you know, I'm still human and so, you know, sometimes I'll have champagne or something. You know, I, I think you can have – you can have intuition and you can have connection to your body. And, you know, I definitely need practices in my life where I'm doing like yoga. I started, um, you know, pole dancing this year because the connection to self and to sexuality was something that um, I was missing. Um, But I think you need other people as well. Like you can't do it all on your own. Yeah. Yeah. I know you do. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you some of the some of the ways that over the years you've been able to connect to your body, which you kind of mentioned, unless there's any more that you think would be helpful for anyone. I think it's really individual. Um, like some people mm. are going to find more kind of yang-type sports and practices helpful. I know a lot of people are doing like breath work at the moment and um, the – Wim Hof method and those kind of practices Mm. um for me that's not that's not what aligns with me so I like more Mm -hmm. yin practices I like yoga um I think I think we need to like in that respect I think we need to listen to our bodies and see what resonates with us rather than the latest kind of trend or fashion or health movement but I do believe strongly in in routine and and establishing those um, like practices and rituals that give you time out of your head and in your body. Yeah, and I think that that's a really important piece and I, I loved it when you brought it up previously through such transitional times to have a steady, consistent foundation mm to return to often but what's so interesting is so like I'm in a major transitional phase right now um like moving overseas in about three weeks and 
it's during this yeah. moment that I'm like running away from any practice that I yes. know will support yes. me in the moment. Yes. Look, I am guilty it's of so that silly. as well. It, it is a bit of self-sabotage, I think, in those moments. Mm. I did that this week, like knowing that I was coming to mm. chat with you and to record um, the like activation that we that I've been working on. And instead of taking my herbs, I stopped taking my herbs. And I think it is self-sabotage. <laughs> we become so stuck and overwhelmed that instead of doing what will help us, we do the opposite. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting, yeah. isn't it? So you're speaking to your experience knowing that this was coming up as well as the heart activation for the membership yes. that you are creating for us. What are some of the things that you've been meeting? Oh, so much resistance. I'm introverted, <laughs> which I think you will probably relate to a little bit. Um, yeah, I'm quite introverted. So coming out into mm-hmm. such a public forum, this is the first time I've been mm-hmm. on a podcast. Um, and recording myself running through a meditation, something that um, is frozen in time, it can't be changed. I found really confronting. Mm-hmm. Well, I I really often think about like if I'm listening to a podcast, watching an interview or in a class of mm-hmm. some kind, I often, if not always, think about the process it took for that person to arrive in mm-hmm. that moment. And I was thinking back to like when I was wanting to start mm-hmm. the podcast, there were times when I would want to record and instead I would start and I would I would fumble and I'd get in my head and I'd just sit there and cry for minutes <laughs> and then I'd come back to it. And, like, there were times where I would try to record, like, five times before I actually yes. could. And I just – and I really want that to be part of the conversation. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's a new skill set, like anything. Mm. Um, so I guess it takes practice. I say that to clients all the time. You don't just walk into a gym and pick up the heaviest weights. Like you need to train. Um, And, yeah, I think being compassionate toward ourselves when we're trying something new is important, but you don't always have that insight at the time. So I guess that's where your rituals and routines come into place and instead of like running away from them, like we're supposed to run toward them and embrace them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think there are times when, like f- for me, I've noticed these little like almost like pause chapters in my life where where I don't want to do anything quote-unquote spiritual. Mm-hmm. Like I just want to like go and be super, yes. super human. I want to go out. I want to have some food. I want to be around people. Um, so there's this discernment with seeing, do I need space from my practices Mm. or am I like avoiding and running away from my practices? And I think that piece is always very important. Well, I don't think there's right or wrong with that. You know, I think sometimes you do just have to really dive in. And I think that brings up a really important, um, like point. And I think, a lot of people will feel like that, that kind of balance between uh, spirituality and, like, humanness. And essentially they mm. are the same. Like, life is 
what's happening now. So you can be a spiritual person and you can go and like dance at a nightclub till 4 a.m. I mean, you may not want to do that every week because you'll be exhausted. But I think (laughs) sometimes it's fun and you just need to be free. Absolutely. And I think that the the further along you, like I found that the, the longer that I've been engaged with just meeting myself and I would say that is a spiritual mm-hmm. journey like I you know I think being a human is a spiritual yeah. journey but I can say that for the last few years I've been consciously and actively meeting myself and meeting mm-hmm. life and that's like a different way of yeah. living but the longer that I've been on this path the more that um I've found the divinity the presence the healing in the most mundane and human things mm-hmm. and it doesn't need to be those specific it's when you're doing breath work or mm-hmm. it's when you're with your yes. practitioner it, it's everywhere and it's everything exactly yes um and it's finding the joy in those little everyday things and that mm-hmm. can be in anything as you say, and definitely in some of the least spiritual, quote-unquote, like, places. Well, I mean, you used the example of pole dancing. And what has that been like for you, that journey? Look, that is something I wanted to do for many years and I was not brave enough um, Mm. because, you know, we all have hang-ups and things and insecurities and I'd put it off for so long. And last year um, I had gone through some personal difficulties, shall we say, and I was finding it really hard to be in my body. And so I'd left yoga and it was one of those times I was having a, I just want to be human and I don't want to do any more of this healing stuff. Like, yeah, like yeah. how much more yeah. can we evolve? <laughs> like this is not fun anymore. No. <laughs> and um so I stepped away from yoga and I found um, a pole studio that was offering um, a class for women that were in their 40s. And I was like, oh, this is me. I'll sign up. <laughs> and it was exactly what I needed. Like I met women who like all had businesses or, um, you know, just doing their thing and being amazing who were all kind of in the same situation. And it was just them best way to come back into relationship with my body and myself and you know it's given me like this confidence that I never had in my 20s and um and yeah it was just it was just divine timing like and that may sound weird because pole dancing may have negative connotations but um it's so Mm -hmm. strengthening it's empowering like everyone involved was like incredible just a really supportive group of people yeah. yeah, I'm so glad that you found that then. Well, allowed it to find you. Yeah, and as I said, it was something that I'd always thought about and then it was I literally cancelled my yoga membership and I looked online mm-hmm. to see who was doing classes in the area and this ad came up for this class that was starting the next week and I was like, okay. <laughs> like, And that's when you go, okay, there is something to this spiritual journey and I really, um, I really have like to trust that I am supported by something that is beyond me. Mm. 
So when you find yourself going through, you know, the, the waves of being mm-hmm. human, do you then feel pressure because you are supporting others while you're going through those ups and downs? Like when you're saying you're going through periods of time where you feel out mm-hmm. of your body. Because I, if when I think of potentially working with anyone in a one-on-one capacity one day, whatever that might yeah. look like, I feel fear that I need to like have it all together to then hold the space for another person. Yes. Um, well, I think it takes work to, I mean, ideally in an ideal world, I would have taken last year off. You know, that would have been amazing. Gone oh, yeah. <laughs> it would have been incredible. Yeah. I think I do, um, it's something I do take very seriously and I really find that in order to do my sessions, I need to show up at a certain level um, and commit to the people coming in. Um, yeah. So you still, I think you still have to follow your protocols and um, and turn up as as best. Hang on, let me reframe this. But mm-hmm. like when I come into work, it's not really me who is in the space. So I am present, I am grounded, I am focused in that time um, at a capacity that has nothing to do with me. Part of doing the work yeah. and doing the training is knowing that your stuff does not come into the door with you. So um, I think that, you know, people are always going to have stuff come up. Like it's like if a if somebody close to you passes away and you ideally would have like, you know, six months off to recover, Space. but in in life you don't. You have your human elements. You still have to earn a living. You still have to run a business. You still have to like yeah. find that balance. I think it's something that's difficult to navigate, um, but it just. I think in those moments, it's like knowing, like the boundaries of the situation, like ah. Uh, do you need to take time off? I think even though I felt out of my body, I didn't feel like I needed to take the time off. I feel like I could separate work and life in those situations and um, Mm. still turn up. So I don't know a lot about yin and yang, and I I probably do through other language and other terminology, um, but what I feel keeps coming through is like having that yang to hold the yin. Yes. It's, is that relevant and in what you're saying? And the yang. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But like having that structure, having the consistency, mm-hmm. having the, the not identity but the structure there when you step into the room as a practitioner, it's like it holds all of that moving feminine yin energy. Does that make sense? Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, I think um, definitely the structure in that situation allows me to step into the room as a practitioner with full kind of nurturing yin energy and allow that to flow because I know that, um, yeah, it's not about me in that 
instance, it's about bringing the or holding the space for whoever is in my care to do whatever work they need to do. And I think mm. even though there were difficult times, I was getting people coming in who were also going through difficult times and I was having that mirrored back to me, which I've since told quite a number of patients. Once we got to the end of the year and all these things, I was like, yeah. okay, I understand because I was standing there with you. And, um, yeah, it, it's been a really beautiful kind of journey um, to for myself and for my clients, I think, that have gone through those transitions and there are now other, there's a new wave of clients who are going through the darkness again. And I feel like I'm very well equipped to, um, to support them through that. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like I've been taking you, um, you know, you emailed through some points that you wanted to talk about and I've been going elsewhere. So I'd love to come back to that darkness that mm-hmm. you were mentioning and you also had some notes here that you wanted to explore Chinese medicine principles to discuss how our internal world mirrors our external world where is it that you wanted to go with this today I feel is like there anything we've gone on you such really a wanted journey. to bring up <laughs> like, uh, yeah it's always yes. like that yeah um I can't like Right now, I feel mm. like we've gone so we've strayed so far from, from the original principles that um, I was. I'm not sure about. Like, <laughs> I feel like I've been talking on tangents. No, yeah, no, but I mean, I think, I think my. I think I do that. I definitely do that as and well. So I have so much air in my yeah. chart. I'm like, woo, like floating around. Yeah, we just fly yes, everywhere. Which I and, enjoy. But, I, yeah, but I didn't want to take away from from what what was wanted to be here, I suppose. Okay, so let's, what if we have a look at the activation that you're mm. recording? I'd love to know a little bit about, what is it, what your intentions are in it, what the intention of it is. Okay, so the activation um, that I'm recording is from esoteric acupuncture and it's a, well, first of all, esoteric acupuncture is a particular style of acupuncture. Um, It was Mm -hmm. founded by Dr. Mikio Sankey who is based in Los Angeles, California, And basically he was downloaded or he has downloaded this information um, and he has come up with a series of encoding patterns um, and each of the encoding patterns unlocks a different level of consciousness. So I'm starting with a foundational pattern. So it's called Tier 1. They say at tier one, you're just kind of starting to unlock your um, understanding of consciousness and, you know, who you are and where you're at in life. And um, the pattern is a series of points. They are acupuncture points. 
but the esoteric acupuncture points don't have uh, such a specific function as in traditional okay. Chinese medicine. So within a, an encoding pattern, it's more about the sequence of points that are used and needling them in the correct order or um, activating them through touch or just with your mind's eye, which we'll be doing in the, the meditation or activation, um, to open awareness and consciousness. Esoteric acupuncture is all about working with the fine frequencies and unlocking um, consciousness to not only our higher selves but to higher consciousness as a whole. It's really about, you know, finding new ways to um, to shake up, to, to work with like this consciousness that's happening or this expansion of consciousness that's happening right now. It's ways of people unlocking that in a safe, comfortable way so it's not like too scary or unsafe, which you mentioned earlier. Um, how do you do this yeah. safely? Like esoteric acupuncture is one way that you can do uh, it. You can unlock or um, invite consciousness in in a way that is not like, going to be overwhelming or um, mm. harmful to the body or mind. And I think that um, the body, when respected, won't take you further than you're ready to go yes as well. yeah I agree with that but then I have also seen um some people who are either wanting to just jump in straight away because they're really excited about it or it can happen through like substance use and I know yeah. like medicinal mushrooms are really big at the moment and um mm ayahuasca ceremonies and those kind of things and if that's somebody else's path and they want to kind of do that um hopefully they're doing it in a really uh safe supportive environment where they can get the care and attention that they need if anything goes wrong um but obviously there mm. are a lot of people abusing substances like for recreational purposes and um you know that can unlock levels of consciousness at a rate that is yeah completely dysregulating yeah and then mm. you see lots of harmful yeah. like mental health issues as a result um yeah I think it's so cool and interesting and kind of mind-blowing that we can work with specific points of the body to unlock consciousness so what what do these points then represent okay. how does this happen so the point like it's all based on sacred geometry and one of uh -huh. the like founding principles of esoteric acupuncture has to do with the nature of, of opposing forces which in a way is kind of like back to the yin and yang you know, if you think of mm. like fire and water, the heart and kidney energy, um, in esoteric acupuncture, they are represented by two opposing triangles. So obviously the fire is pointing up and the kidney um, water energy is pointing down. So um, in esoteric acupuncture, they believe that everything is um, made up of these sacred patterns that all begin with uh, triangles and 
yeah, it's quite technical, but also really beautiful. Do you bring this into the work that you do? Uh, To be honest, I don't practice a lot of it in clinic. I did have an experience um, once after I had started learning it because um, it's all about like expanding consciousness and that love is the highest vibration. And I was treating a client and I had done my regular TCM pattern and as I had my hands on the client's head, um, and they were completely unaware of this. Um, I was using mm. one of the patterns, the first part of the pattern that I'm going to record for um, the membership. Um, I was, mm. like, using that over the person's body and I was overcome by this sense of, like, gratitude and love. And um, all of a sudden it was as though I could see behind my current reality and I saw all these like triangles it was almost like I could see the computer code behind our current reality which sounds like completely out of this world and wild um and it was wild and I think after that I had a moment of um not feeling like it was unsafe but just because it is so profound I was like a bit worried that like where does reality begin and where does it end? And I think um, yeah. I spoke with you recently about unlocking consciousness and that gateway, like um, that everything already exists, everything, multiple timelines are happening as we speak. And as we open our consciousness level, we have more access to those um, timelines. And so I feel like in that moment I had an access that felt unsafe because I didn't really have the foundational knowledge or understanding even though I had heard those concepts about mm-hmm. this is all happening I didn't realize mm-hmm. that that's all there regardless of whether I believe it or not um, and mm-hmm. through safe practices we can access that I kind of thought you know am I losing my mind like I didn't really understand this how to access that safely and it it did scare me Mm. so I think for a while I just stopped using it altogether and it was probably Mm. six months after that so that experience was a couple of years ago it would have been before COVID even and um so occasionally I'll use a pattern over a person but I don't solely use it um as a modality in clinic at the moment that that is crazy how powerful that like what you can do with movements and points and geometry in that way yes yeah I mean it's such an untapped well I mean I'm sure there are people who are doing research and study and things but um it's not an Mm -hmm. area that I had um gone into a great deal because of that Mm -hmm. um I guess it was a fear like I have an esoteric acupuncturist that I see Um, and she's incredible. Um, and I used to say to her all the time, like, I love this work and I know that it is like so incredible, but I have a Mm. fear around it because I don't fully understand it. But in the last few weeks, I think when we were discussing, um, timelines and, um, like parallel universes, we haven't lost (laughs) our minds, um, that, 
It was, again, like an aha moment where I was like, okay, mm-hmm. so we that's there. How do we learn to access that without the fear and in a safe way that is, mm-hmm. um, yeah, beneficial to humanity? Yeah. I think it definitely would be something that needs to be done slowly, respectfully, in an, in a very grounded way. Like I often think about, this is a little bit different, but um, I often, this isn't video recorded, but I have all this access mm-hmm. up here, yes. like yes, above my head. <laughs> but I, but for so long, that was what I was focused on because that's like the exciting mm-hmm. stuff, right? Um, but I was not in my body mm-hmm. at all. And so it starts to become detrimental yes. at a certain point. Um, and then you start to realize the more I come into my body, the more access I actually mm-hmm. have up there. Yes. It's not like one way or the other. It's you deepen in, like you go down and you're actually spiraling yes. upwards yes, as well. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I think that is the uh, key part of any kind of spiritual work is that it needs to be embodied. You need to be completely centred in who you are, even though you might have human things happening to you, around you. Um, And I think that's where people, yeah, get themselves to trouble. I don't know if I like that word. Mm. But, yeah, that's where things can go awry when we're trying to be, like, out of our bodies rather than, connected inward and outward um Mm. and I also think like when you're doing it um in a way that's not embodied like what is the is it coming from a place of ego or is it coming from a place of helping and I think that is going back to kind of where we started like this whole yin Mm. and yang of um self-love and loving who we are and being comfortable in who we are being embodied in our um spirituality and our choices in the way we live it's really so that we can help or have an impact in the greater community like you know mm. we are here sitting together doing a podcast i wouldn't be here if you were not here and hopefully there are people that are like listening who can resonate with some of our conversation some of their own practices some of their own um ways in how they impact the people around them and the differences that they make in their community yeah and and it's actually it's kind of mind-blowing when you look for without without efforting in any way when you are I think just seeking deeper, sinking deeper and deeper into mm-hmm. your humanness um, and your presence and the entire human experience, how that does ripple out to everyone around you and so yes. far beyond. Like it, it kind of like breaks my yeah. brain a little bit sometimes <laughs> trying to put that together. It's yes. profound. Yeah. I mean, you see that when you start your own. Um, like healing work or you start your own journey and how that affects like your family like even though you may not directly um 
like speak to them about things that you're doing or, um, you know, bring that up with them or like, you know, the types of people that are in your circle or the types of friends that you attract or, you know, the work that you attract. It just, um, it happens without, it's that ripple effect. It happens without Mm. you doing any kind of conscious work toward that. Yeah. And I think that there's a certain like attunement that's ha- happening energetically mm-hmm. as well. Like just being around a certain person. I watched this video recently. It was really, really cool. There were mm-hmm. um, tuning yes. forks and he, he like um, hit one of the tuning forks on some surface level. So it started making this sound and this, this yes. vibration. And then he moved that tuning fork mm-hmm. away. So far enough away that you couldn't yeah. hear it anymore. And then you start to see that this other one that he didn't yeah. hit on anything has started vibrating in the exact same way as yes. the one it was next to. And so I, I often think about like there's like a um, it's not a quote, but there's this thing that's been going on for a long time, and it's not it's like don't be affected by the energy around you, influence mm-hmm. the energy around you, yes. or something like that. And so I often, when I'm in interactions, like to think of those tuning forks and what's happening mm-hmm. energetically. It's it's really interesting. Well, everything is energy. So like mm-hmm. everything has a um, vibration or a frequency that it's it's um, operating at. Like in your body, um, all your organs have a frequency. They can't all be measured. And then the brain kind of keeps them all in check, like to do the thing. And as humans... We all have our own frequency and, yeah, like I guess the frequency changes as you um, become more attuned to like your purpose and what you're doing here on earth and then, you know, that will either attract or repel people. Um, And in Chinese medicine we say that your um, intention is – like key in a treatment. So if your intention, so let's go back. If you're using an acupuncture point, a specific acupuncture point, it may have 10 different functions and indications for that point. And if you are intending to like boost somebody's energy, we would say tonify with the point. So you needle the point and you move it a specific way to um, create that effect. But it is the act of your mind thinking about that, the energetic frequency of of that intention that you're putting into that treatment that's then being delivered into the needle so that the body can understand it, read it, and um, react. Wow. Wow. Does it feel huge to you sometimes that you're doing this work? I I feel very lucky on a day-to-day basis. But, I mean, that also comes with great responsibility, you know, Um, and Mm. I don't take that for granted either. Like I do feel um, grateful, extremely grateful. Like sometimes I'm just like this is everything. Like like I couldn't ask for more. Um, Yeah, I feel very lucky, very grateful, and um, I also understand the level of respect and sometimes like pressure is the wrong word but I do take it very seriously as well like I want um 
I want to create a space for people to be able to come and feel safe and feel seen and feel supported so that they can like thrive, they can excel, they can be comfortable and and have such great love for themselves that they take that out into to the world and do great things. I have lots of great clients that are doing like amazing things, achieving like such mm. phenomenal things in the world and making such a difference. And I love being part of that process. Yeah. Oh, and I can, I really, really can mirror back to you that you are doing all of those things. At least that's been my experience working with you. Um, you know, it's also <laughs> not for everybody. That's another thing. Like not yeah. everybody's ready to go there and like do the work and unpack their stuff or or sit with their stuff. Um, and, yeah, it can be quite confronting for some people. Do you know one of the the first things that you said to me when, when I first <laughs> oh, met you and came, in, came into I'm work with you? This, this <laughs> Um, you were I think feeling one of of the pulses and you said it's as if there's a part of you that wants to I don't remember the exact wording but you said something like there's a part of you that wants to be with yourself and and face Mm -hmm. whatever is present but there's a part of you that is turning in the opposite direction and you know those moments where something just feels so profound it it almost like puts life on pause for a second like the moment is paused and things just unravel from that that was one of those moments when you said that I hope it wasn't too like this day I don't think so and I mean I came back (laughs) it's funny well I mean that's that information comes through me like I'm just a messenger I, I remember you, I think, posted something on Instagram a little while ago and it was something about someone asking, like, are you a, a psychic? Oh, yes. And you're like, no, I'm just, I'm reading the the, the points on your body yeah. and listening to the pulse. And, I mean, I've thought that many times. I've thought, surely you can't get this information from the pulse. But in saying that, I know that there's a lot of information that the body is telling you in each yes. moment. Yes, and, like, pulse reading is really interesting as well. There are so many different ways to read the pulse. and um, I think there is definitely an element of intuition that comes into my pulse reading. And if I tried to read the pulse how I was taught at school, I probably wouldn't be very successful um, in reading anything <laughs> because um, mm-hmm. it's so different to how I practice now. And, again, I'm just reading what comes up. So sometimes that will be a feeling, sometimes that will be like a message, a voice, uh, like, yeah, there's so many things that come through. And so I'm not a psychic, but I think my intuition has just become so fine-tuned that there is that kind of element to my work. Mm. Yeah. And it's it's really supportive having um, – Having the awareness, you know, awareness itself is transformative. Mm. So to have someone mirror what you may already know at some level that you're experiencing or going through, 
um, and bring it into your awareness, that itself is like catalyzing. Mm. Yeah. So I've found it really Great. supportive. Um, I've had a lot of no's recently, like when I tell people things and they're like, no, no. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> well, this might, this might be supportive. One, you said something recently. I'm not going to yeah. say what it is. Um, I think maybe two yeah. appointments ago, just at the end of the point, at the yeah. end of the appointment, I think I was, we were checking out and it was very casual and I was like, mm, no, that's, that's not mm-hmm. coming up right now. But it did about a week later and I was like, oh, my goodness, she was tapping into the potential of it and now it's yes. here. <laughs> Look, I do get calls or text messages at odd times or emails from people saying, oh, you said this. And, and look, sometimes mm-hmm. things I, I've, like I've moved on, like as I said, it's not like me. Like sometimes I don't um, – remember the things and people are like you said it mm. and then it happened and it's like I can't read minds I can't read the future I'm not a, a psychic but you're reading energy yes and sometimes that energy is already in the body um like before mm. it's happened or in the mind or in the heart or there's evidence mm. of it already coming through and and I mean yeah I won't get too woo on you but I wonder if that's that whole time space thing that keeps coming up for me recently. Well, about how it's yeah. not linear. So if something exists in some time, it exists mm. now. Yes. Yeah. That's a conversation for another day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I've had a lot of fun, fun. I don't think we really spoke about did we speak about our main topics that we we're going to cover? We've gone on such a journey. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I think maybe we did like in an yeah. indirect way. Is it, Was there anything specific that you wanted to talk to? That no, I think like we've, um, I think everything that we've, like I'm happy with what we've covered. Was there anything mm-hmm. you wanted to ask or talk about? Not at all, no. Yeah, more and more recently with podcasts, which if you told me this a year ago, I would freak out at, but more and more there's been a lot less preparation. And when I do try to sit down and prepare for an upcoming um, episode with someone, it's just like there's nothing there and it's a clear message to just like walk away from the okay. computer and like go sit outside or something. That's my preparation. Whereas when I first started, it was like clear Mm. questions, clear bullet points. I knew the process. I needed to be prepared. I even would verbalize some of those questions like to get comfortable Mm. and used to them and and feel safe and whatnot. But recently it's been so much more of just let let it happen. And sometimes that makes me feel a bit irresponsible. But um, (laughs) I know. I'm like, oh, my God, I probably (laughs) talked about things that – um, I wasn't expecting to. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I find it really hard to define often. This, this, ha- this happens on so many levels, like to define myself, to define my work. But with the podcast, I often find it hard to define what the podcast is and then what each mm-hmm. episode is as well because I just feel like it's all of it is an exploration of yes, the human yeah. experience. And it's rarely a really clear on point thing. And I 
with that, I always really struggle with the titles of episodes as well because I'm like, what did we talk about? Uh, just being human, <laughs> but I can't name everything that. I think that's fine, though. Like, and I think that's the whole point is that, like, humanness, there's no right or wrong way to do it. Mm. And all of the things yeah. are part of being a human and being alive. And, you know, just because you did something wrong like yesterday doesn't mean you can't fix it today or that you have to spend the next 20 years of your life, like, you know, feeling guilty for it and stuck. It's like, yeah, let's be human, let's live, let's experience life, let's be, like, in it, like, getting messy, getting yeah. sticky, like, doing all the fun stuff and, um, and yeah, making the world a better place. I know that sounds cheesy, but. Honestly, often the best things are, because they've just been said so much, but they've been mm, said for a reason. Yeah. I mean, I'm happy to yeah. finish there if you are. I never know how to end podcasts. <laughs> you listen sometimes and I'm always like, if you're happy to finish there, I am. Okay, awesome. Yes, I'm happy to finish list. there. Um, and just a little side note, anyone who is listening that is based in Melbourne, Australia, I would 1,000, 1,000 um, percent recommend Melanie if you are seeking treatment of any kind, <laughs> really. Thank you. And we'll pop your details in the in the show notes too.